Title of our lesson today, based on Psalm 126, Where Does Joy Come From? Where does joy come from? In Psalm 126, the key word, I think, is joy. There are several key words, perhaps, but joy comes up time and time again. Um, our mouths would fill with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Um, the Lord has done great things for us. We're filled with joy. Uh, those who wrote, so with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out carrying seed to sow will return with songs of joy. Joy is a key part of the psalm, for sure, but it's a key part, <coughs> excuse me, it's a key part of the nature of God. God is a God of joy. How could he be otherwise if he is able to give it to others? And if we are able to experience it, having been created by him, we're clearly created for joy. And it's in him. And as that's one of those parts of him that we have because he created us. Uh, we're made in his image, meaning much more than uh, than something physical there, but something deep within us in our spirit there is meant to be an abiding joy. And we don't have it all the time. Let's face it, we don't. Maybe we haven't had it even all this morning yet. Um, but nonetheless, we are ca capable of great joy because of the way that God has made us and against what he wants for us. So we're talking today about where that joy comes from, because where it comes from, where we look for it, matters rather a lot. Um, what we see in the psalm is that they seem to be, at the beginning as they're reflecting, like they were surprised to have that level of joy. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. It's like it wasn't real. It's as if they were saying, they're pinching themselves, like, can this be really happening? Can it be this good? Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. I think it's that kind of surprise laughter, like, what? Can this be really happening? It's that kind of joy. Now, I have a picture of someone who was surprised and shocked by joy. You got Stuart Broad there, Stefan. Can you show that picture maybe? I, I apologize to the, to the non-cricket fans here, but this is a moment always has stuck in my mind this was from five years ago, and uh, England were playing Australia in a test series. I forget which ground this was, was it Trent Bridge or Edgebaston, I don't know. But Stuart Broad's an England bowler, and Danny will remember this, I expect, as well. And he took eight wickets for, I think, 15 runs, which is just about unheard of. And I think bowled the whole of Australia out for something like 60 runs. And there's a series of pictures of Stuart Broad. It was his best bowling performance by a country mile. It's, it's, it's said to be one of the top ever, maybe in the top 10 test performances ever in history. And the look on his face is quite something. I've just got a couple. Okay. So you got that shocked look at his face of, and, and there's lots of them where he's covering his face and his eyes are bulging and he's, he's stunned because it's something out of the ordinary. It's something he's never done before, never will do again, and may never be seen in the whole of history, possibly. It's just that shock. It's joy, but it's a shocked joy. Now, secondly, it says that they their, their mouths are filled with laughter. Sometimes, have you ever been in a situation where you can't stop yourself laughing? Like you get the giggles, right? And, and people around you start looking at you a bit strangely because you've got the giggles. Something sets you off. 
and you can't help yourself. I think it's a bit like that. I have a video. Love that video. Uh, that poor that little child just couldn't stop itself laughing, and uh, I think a lot of us were probably laughing along with it, right? Because there's a there's a contagious side to that kind of of laughter that's joyful. So there's, I think there's, it's something like that that's going on here. the The emotions in this psalm are very, very strong. Uh, we're like men who dream, like people who dreamed, like this could could this possibly be happening? We are people with mouths filled with laughter, filled, not just a little laugh, not just a chuckle, but a, a belly laugh, a giggle, a, a, something that just fills us and, and overspills. It's that kind of feeling we've got here in this psalm. Tongues with songs of joy, that sort of thing that makes you sing even you didn't realize you were singing, even if you don't think of yourself as a singer, even if you don't like your, the sound of your own voice, maybe nobody else does. Nonetheless, those songs kind of pour out of you. They just they just do because you, you've got that sense of God bringing you something that's meaningful and creates that joy within us. We are people designed to experience joy. At the very least, we know that part of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Galatians 5, verses 22 to 23, part of the fruit of the Spirit that we are given as people of Christian faith is joy. It's our heritage. It's our kind of our right. This is where we are designed to be. Joy itself, joy itself is not something that we acquire by simply wanting it, or even it shouldn't be perhaps our focus. I'll give you a quote here from C.S. Lewis in his biography, autobiography about how and why he became a Christian called Surprised by Joy. He writes this about joy. All joy reminds. So it's there to remind us of something. It, all joy reminds. It is never a possession. Always a desire for something longer ago or further away, or still about to be. It's always a desire for something longer ago, further away, or still about to be. I like what he says there, because if the, if joy is from the Lord, it's not ours, although we're meant to experience it, but it's his joy. We're sharing in his. And so the joy that we have on this earth, which can come from many sources, we talked about it earlier on today. I loved seeing that bullfinch in the conservation area in the woods earlier this week, just that one bright bullfinch, black hair, the red chest, uh, red pink chest. It was beautiful sitting there on a tree all on its own. That brought me joy. But it's a reminder. It's a reminder of things in the past that have brought me joy that God has given me. It's a reminder of what's further away from me in terms of where God is. And it's it's also a calling forward to what can be in terms of joy in, in my life. And so as we talk about joy today, what I'm hoping we can do is, is be refreshed in our joy, 
and 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 be refreshed and reminded and then know how we can experience more of the joy that God has in mind for us. So that's what we're looking at today. So two things about joy, two simple things, and then we'll take communion together. Firstly, joy comes from the Lord. That's where it comes from. Verses one to three, the first half of the psalm, focus on that. Where has it come from? The Lord restored the fortunes. The Lord has given us these dreams, or to be like people who dreamed, filled with laughter, songs of joy. And it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things. The Lord, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. So the, the joy comes from the Lord. In other words, not from ourselves. The other translation of dreamed, you can translate, we're like those who dreamed, we were like those who were made healthy. We were healed. There's great joy that comes from healing. I, um, this morning, was actually thinking about this while I was out for my prayer walk. I was walking through some of the, uh, the fields and woods nearby, and I was just reflecting on how grateful I am that I can walk through those fields in the sunshine and beautiful day today. And it took me back to... What helped me with my joy, you might think walking is kind of normal, right? And pretty ordinary, and it is. You might not think just walking in a field would bring great joy, but it did to me because I remembered where I was in 2002. So I compared today with 18 years ago. So 18 years ago, uh, Penny and I and our kids were going skiing. I have never been skiing, never been skiing before, first time skiing. We were going with the Agabag family that many of us will know. Um, their, uh, Andrew's father has a, uh, a house in the Alps. And so we were going down there to, uh, to, to ski with them. And so we planned a holiday over around Easter time. Uh, there was going to be some snow there. We were going to be able to ski. I was looking forward to it, first time ever. And then, as some of you know, I have quite dodgy knees. And one of my knees decided to give on me. And I had to have surgery. And so I had surgery about a week before we went skiing. And so I went skiing with my knee all swollen, with bandaged everywhere, with crutches. I went on the plane. I, we got there. And, of course, and it was snow everywhere. And I was walking around with these crutches going through the snow, uh, not able to ski and Andrew was skiing and Rhoda was skiing and all their children were skiing and Penny was skiing and Fred was skiing and Lydia was skiing and everybody was having a really great time skiing except for me sat, sat in the cafe with a coffee and my crutches watching everybody else have a great time skiing. Uh, and I was in pain. Uh, it was not, it was not, you know, the, the, the best holiday I, I've ever had. Let's put it that way. And I didn't enjoy that, but now that the simple pleasure of walking in a wood, and I have some twinges in my knees to this day, and they're not great, but I can walk and enjoy the sunshine and the outdoors. To me, because of where I was, this is a tremendous joy. And that's part of what's going on here. We're remembering where we were even if now doesn't seem brilliant some of the time, when we consider where we were in some aspects of our lives and what God has done to bring us to this point, then we can have joy now thinking about that. 
So let me ask you, we're going to ask you for some comments here. You can unmute yourself or you can put something in the chat box. When you think about your Christian life so far, what's at least one thing you can say, the Lord has done this for me? Verse 3, the Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. What are some wonderful things, or at least one wonderful thing, that the Lord has done for you? One thing. What's the Lord done for you? And don't overthink this, by the way. Uh, just imagine someone stops you in the street and says, I hear you're a Christian. You say, well, that's right. And they say, well, what has the Lord done for you? And what kind of instant response might you give? What would you say? Off the top of your head. No pressure. But what do you think? What's the Lord done for you? Leon. You're married and you have children. Yeah, the Lord brought you together, right? Yeah, Danny giving the same basic answer. Grateful for wife, grateful for family. Yes. God's been generous to us all in that way that have had that opportunity. Stefan, thank you. Set me free. Brought you peace. I mean, peace is a wonderful aspect of joy, I think. They go together, don't they? Peace and joy. Gas is Lissy and children. Yeah. Oh, amazing in-laws, Danny. That's a very wise thing to say. That'll bring you, that'll, that'll reward you with great joy. Uh, Leon, jobs, we really needed them. Yeah, I remember, Leon, you and me and Tunde sitting in that pub one time after you'd lost a job and it was a tough time and, and you were looking and, and hey, here, here we are today. God took care of you. Dawn, something to live for other than selfish gain. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where are we? Um, uh, Richard, God helping you to find this church. Thanks, Richard. It's great to have you here and part of this. We're very glad you're here. Incredible family. Uh, and enter the Lord gave me the gift of talking easily with people. Okay, yeah, all right. Dawn, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna negate that last comment you've made there. I don't think you're. Well, how do I know? Right? But we're grateful that the Lord has worked in your life, so that uh, that selfishness you had of the past, as you've put here, isn't so much a thing now, right? God moves and changes us. Yeah. Garth and Lissy, uh, grandchildren. Mm. What a gift. Yes, yes. Danny, Elsie. Oh, Elsie says life. Life itself, what a gift that is that the Lord has given us. We couldn't earn it, couldn't buy it. Bill, God gave the ability to draw and paint. Oh, my goodness, Bill, you are amazing. Your artistic gifts are astonishing. I mean, I would not know where to begin. Yeah. The Lord's given you that, and you use it well. Yeah. Super. I, I, I guess there's going to be a lot more. I'm not. I'm going to have to move on because of just time and everything. Um, I'd encourage us to take some time to think back about what the Lord has done. Because one of the ways we live a joyful life in the present is not because we've got everything sorted, not because everything is as we wish it would be now, but it's because we can see the way that God has been faithful to us over time. And when we see and reflect on the way that God has been faithful to us over time, it enables us to have the joy in the present that we have experienced so far at some times 
in our Christian life uh, up, up to now. And we've got a few more. Scar creativity from Scarlet. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, creativity is a wonderful thing. And that's what these people in the Psalm want. They are reflecting on what on ways in which God has been with them and helped them and brought them joy in the past because they, they kind of want the past to catch up. They kind of want the present to catch up with the past. They want to, to experience the same joy in their day that they've had in, in the past. And it's got, their, their joy has gone viral. Uh, um, the Lord has done, it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. It's like it went viral. It's extraordinary what things go viral, things you would never expect. Weird songs and dances go viral these days. Of course, the, the clapping for carers, NHS and carers, was went viral, didn't it? It was just one person had an idea, and then it spread across the whole country, uh, which is a wonderful thing. The rainbow pictures. I'm looking across the street at my neighbor's house out the window there, and I can see rainbow pictures in uh, uh, stuck in their, in their window. Probably some of you have some of those. Things go viral. Sometimes we wonder, how can I share my faith with other people? How can I tell other people about what God has done for me? How do I effectively talk to people about Jesus? Maybe it's simply by living a joy-filled life. I mean, if, if people want to recognize anything about us as being Christian, then if they could see the joy we have in the Spirit, that might be the most important thing of all. It might be more effective than any particular words or strategy we have. And so living a joyful life now, informed by the way that the Lord has been faithful to us in the past, can help us to let God's power and strength and wisdom and love be known among the nations. It's as simple as that in some ways. It's not shallow. It's a very deep point, but it's simple. It's not complicated, which is a good thing, I would say. Where does our joy come from? It comes from the Lord. And then secondly, I would say our joy comes because of our continued faithfulness it's about being faithful they pray restore our fortunes lord like streams in the negev like a stream in a desert place those who sow with tears now they seem to be talking about themselves those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy those who go out weeping carrying seed to sow will return with songs of joy carrying sheaves with them so they've had the joy of the past they're trusting god for joy in the future they're asking god to bring that future joy into their present right here and now they want it now please lord restore our fortunes bring us back to that kind of joy we've had in the past so there's a couple of things to mention here the first is to uh, to find joy in the present we do need a certain level of soberness we need to be honest with ourselves as to whether we really have that joy that peace in the lord or not those who sow with tears, those who go out weeping. There's a, a soberness, there's a, a willingness to face the reality that the moment they're weeping, at the moment they are, uh, they have tears, but, they're, but nonetheless they're still faithful that God is with them. There's a, in the Beatitudes we looked at earlier on this year in Matthew 5 verse 4, Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who mourn, happy are those who mourn, uh, wonderful news for those who mourn, different translations. Why? For they will be comforted. There's something about mourning with people and over the state of the world that helps us to then be comforted as we bring that sense of comfort and empathy to other people and join in the same kind of mourning that God has over the state of this world. So mourning, 
the joy, the, the, the tears, the weeping are not a negative thing. It's just we're not meant to stay there. Not, not for long. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He wept at the tomb of Lazarus, but he wasn't someone who wept all the time. He wept, he connected, he understood the, the, the power of sin and the destructive nature of death and, and how sad it was if people wouldn't accept God. And yet, and yet he lived a life of joy. And he said, my joy is for you. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. So there's a soberness that's appropriate. But then also there's an activity. There's something about joy. There's something about joy that seems to come to us when we're in the act of living out the Christian life rather than sitting, contemplating, waiting. Come on, God, where's that joy? I'm waiting for it. I'm going to wait here till you give me the joy. Then I'm going to go and, you know, maybe do something for you. But, you know, give me the joy you promised. It's not like that because they say those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. There's something about living the life of a follower of Jesus, caring about people, loving people, praying, helping whoever we can, offering grace and mercy, being involved with people, whether it's physically at the moment or online or on the phone. There's something about, about being concerned for other people in the same way that God is concerned that brings us to his joy. So can I encourage us to think about in what ways we can be this week active in the sowing and the and the going out to, to sow so that we can experience the joy in that way. There's something positive and active here. And thirdly, patience. So soberness, activity, and, and patience. They're patient because they're asking for something as a, an agricultural uh, metaphor here. Sowing comes first, then reaping comes later. Uh, carrying seed to sow uh, uh, comes now, and carrying sheaves, coming home, carrying sheaves comes later. If you are a farmer, you've got to, got to be patient. Uh, now, Tunde understands this, Farmer Tunde. So, everyone, what we are seeing is um, this is um, the start of our oil palm farm. Um, the picture in the middle here with the bag um, of plants, that was actually five and a half years ago. And um, we have to raise the seeds um, in this bag here for, for about a year. Then after a year, we just get a very small plant, yeah, which is the one on the extreme left on the, on the screen. So that was actually just about, that was four years ago. Then, after four years, we'll keep watching the palms grow. So you can see that, you know, all the plants that we have um, from, we transplanted from the bags here, they've pretty much formed a big tree in the field. So what you can see at the top is like an aerial drone footage of the farm from about 300 feet above ground. So you can see the rows of plants, of um, oil palm trees now, right, um, spreading um, as much as you can see. And um, so a year ago, which is pretty much five years from when we started, you can see the fruit of our labor, which are these very, very tiny little fruits uh, that we're now then going to start processing to make palm oil or vegetable oil as you might know it so this is um, the life of a typical farmer from sowing 
with the grace of God. Thank you. Super. Thanks, Tunde. Five years of work, huh? Five years of patience of farming. You know, sometimes the sometimes we we have to wait longer for God to bring about what we're asking for than we'd like, but God has the right timing always. And so our our action is to trust Him, to be faithful, to uh, to act, to pray, to be patient. As then eventually at the right time, He brings about what we need. So we see a couple of things here. Um, we see we see that the joy comes from the Lord, but it also comes because of our own faithfulness in holding on to the promises and continuing to pray faithfully and act in faith in this life. Now I'm going to turn our thoughts to Jesus in a moment and connect this with Jesus and the um, and the communion. So let me bring our thoughts to Jesus now. Jesus, the one who was familiar with so sorrow and suffering, the one who was uh, connected with lots of people in pain, yet was somebody full of joy. And he said that his joy was what his followers were going to experience, though first they would have to suffer grief. In John 16, he says this in verse 22, talking to his followers, now is your time of grief. He's referring to the fact that he is soon going to be crucified. Now is your time of grief. But I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive. And your joy will be complete. He said that to his disciples, who were to see him crucified and be filled with grief, and then see him resurrected and be filled with the joy that he promised. Jesus was filled with joy. And it's because of that joy, that's what enabled him to live a life of sacrifice for us, to come to this earth, to live our lives, and then to go to the cross, as it says in Hebrews 12, why did he go to the cross? For the joy set before him. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, knowing how much joy we would experience and the joy of our relationship with him, that he would, he would enjoy that relationship with us and we would enjoy it with him. It's, it's for the sake of that that he went to the cross. And so we're going to take bread and wine now. And this bread and wine reminds us that he willingly allowed his body to be broken. He willingly allowed his blood to be shed for the joy set before him so that you and I could experience this divine joy. Much like the psalmist and his traveling companions, they went through periods on their pilgrimage when there was less joy and more joy. And not in our lives, we have periods of less joy and more joy. But we can, this bread and wine reminds us every week that joy is available. Joy is our destiny. Joy is something God desires us to have and to, and to experience to all of its fullness that we possibly can because we have a relationship with God through Jesus. Let's reflect on this as we pray together. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you for the joy you've given us. 